You guys are always asking me, Liz, what the heck do you do on your long runs? And Kate has recently converted me to Audible. With Audible, I'm able to combine my two favorite pastimes, running and learning. If that isn't the most Alyssa thing, I don't know what is. I know, right? So Audible has helped carry me many, many miles with audiobooks and podcasts. And the best thing about it is I'm able to download them directly to my phone and listen to them while I'm offline, running through the woods in the middle of nowhere with no cell service. And since I have a reading list approximately as high as I am tall, there's no other way I'd be able to consume so much with how busy I am. That's exactly why I love Audible. I've been a member for years now because I honestly cannot read enough books if I have to sit down to read them all. Audible has been a godsend because I can listen to audiobooks while I'm cooking, working out, or walking my pup Rocky, but my favorite way to use Audible is as I'm going to sleep, and you guys, I recently found out that Audible has bedtime stories narrated by none other than Nick Jonas and Tony Shalhoub, who you may know as the character Monk. Their voices are like so perfectly sultry and like they really guide you off to sleep. It's incredible. So every month, members get one credit to pick any title, no matter the cost, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digest and guided meditation programs, dare I say, by no other than the Pete Diddy himself. If that doesn't scream littlest meditation, I don't know what does. The Audible app is available on all smartphones and tablets, and you can download titles to listen offline anywhere and anytime. You can start listening today with a 30-day trial. You get one title plus two Audible originals for free when you visit audibletrial.com slash messymiddle. That's audibletrial.com slash M-E-S-S-Y-M-I-D-D-L-E. Are you confused about what supplements you should actually be taking? In a world full of juice cleanses, detox teas, fancy promises, it can really be hard to trust anything. But high-quality supplements, when dosed appropriately, can actually help support your fitness goals. And that's why I use Legion. I've been using Legion supplements since the beginning of this year, and after years of never really fully committing to one single brand due to lack of transparency in their labeling, unnecessary fluff, or just reporting things as blends and not knowing what's actually my product, I finally found a solid science-based product line that fits my supplementing needs. Legion's products are 100% naturally sweetened, and my favorite part, they are fully transparent in their labeling, and they use dosages that are actually backed with what the science says you need to be effective and support your fitness goals. And not the least amount you can get away with, and not just labeling as blends, but fully transparently telling you what's in your product and why they dosed it that way. And this is huge, because it lets you know exactly what you're taking and if it's actually going to be effective, and then you can know what's going into your body. My personal favorites are their cinnamon cereal whey. Yes, it tastes as good as it sounds. The mocha cappuccino plant protein. Pulse, their pre-workout, which comes in non-stimulant or caffeinated stimulant based. And Recharge, the recovery blend, which also gives me the creatine I need to move weights well in the gym. Legion offers 100% money back guaranteed if you're not happy with their products. And you can save 20% off your first order today with our code MESSYMIDDLE at checkout. That's M-E-S-S-Y. M-I-D-D-L-E at checkout to save 20% today. This is Alyssa Lenick of Littlest Fitness. And I'm Kate, otherwise known as Coach Carmichael. We are PhD students, endurance athletes who lift, outdoors enthusiasts, and entrepreneurs. We believe the narrative of the fitness and wellness industry is often far too extreme. So forget about the black and white messages that you've heard. On this podcast, we believe that life is best lived in the the messy middle. middle. Welcome back to the Messy Middle Podcast. Today is our season one finale. And of course, in order to send off the Messy Middle Podcast in its first season, we decided to do something unconventional and do a combo rant and chat. 
So um, we were thinking what might be a good message to send you off with in terms of preparing yourself for the holidays and the New Year's. And I know that Alyssa and I have both talked about this on our page a lot, but when it comes down to making behavior change, we often talk about how habits are so important. And we often get asked things like, you know, how do you stay motivated or what motivates you? And people feeling like that successful people are just motivated all the time. And the reality is motivation is overrated and environment matters more. And Alyssa and I are both shills for James Clear and have been for some time. And a lot of what we're talking on today is partly influenced by his book, Atomic Habits. So we will plug that. We we don't make any money from James Clear, um, but he deserves it because um, his insight into habit building has been really transformative, I think, for a lot of people. And some of that information, if you're really curious on more, if you want to know more about how to build good habits, uh, we suggest that you go there. But the point of today's chat slash rant is to just tell you our personal take on how we quote unquote stay motivated, which is that we don't and the types of habits that we put in place, especially around the new year where some people, uh, you know, tend to maybe go to extremes like we are always trying to combat and how we kind of approach a sustainable New Year's related goals and how that looks in terms of the process we use to achieve them. So Alyssa, initial thoughts. Well, we all know that I think, what's my favorite quote? That motivation is a fickle little fuck. (laughs) It's a fleeting fickle little fuck. I think that's how it goes. And it's one of my favorite quotes. And it's like, it's better to rely on, um, oh shoot, I should look this up. But it's basically, it's better to rely on consistency and work and like habit rather than motivation because motivation is going to come and go and we can definitely capitalize it when it's there. And I do this as well, but I don't rely on it to do the work at hand. And so I think that's where the idea around motivation, because people know what it feels like to feel motivated, but you can, you can ride that wave. It's like a big wave's coming and you can ride it, but you don't need to rely on the wave to get you moving forward more or less. So yeah, that's always my opinion. Yeah. And I think um, there's another topic of conversation here in terms of decision fatigue, uh, which is a principle that, you know, throughout your day, you make so many decisions and especially towards the end of your day, your, your cognitive ability, your resources are diminished because you've been making decision after decision. And so if you're relying on, you know, willpower, maybe to get you to the gym in the evening, right, you're going to have a much more difficult time. Um, And so some of some of the principles about the habits uh, and placing that that I personally attend to is using your willpower in the morning to make sure that those healthy habits are in place. So uh, like, Alyssa said, motivation is going to come and go, but you do have better decision power in the morning than you will in the evening. So setting yourself up in the morning is a a place for me to start. And one of the biggest ways that we can combat decision fatigue is to stop relying on motivation or even willpower and start creating habits that allow for your life to be more automatic. And so for wellness, that could look like having your shoes laid out at the foot of your bed um, to run in the morning setting an alarm for your bedtime so that you get to bed on time and get the sleep that you need, placing fruits and vegetables at eye level in your refrigerator, leaving a gratitude journal on your pillow, having plenty of water bottles full and on hand, like in your home or at the office, um, meal prepping, taking your TV out of the bedroom, 
We talk about this with sleep a lot. If you haven't listened to that Coach Carmichael chat on your sleep routine, uh, that gives you all the insight as to why I recommend that. Um, Essentially, we want to design your environment to be the cue for your habits so that you see it in your environment and you can just react to it automatically and you don't have to make the decision to do it. Yeah. And if you guys even go back to my balance is BS episode, I talk about how a lot of the things that people think that I do that make me appear to be very successful or very good at everything, or that it looks like I'm doing it all, all the time really comes from a place of me setting up my environment to be conducive to those choices, but also reducing the choices that I need to make in a day by not doing a lot of things that maybe other people value. But to me, it's not conducive to what I want to do because I, when I joke about like lazy list meals or like lazy list fashion, that comes from a place of me not actually even being lazy, just me being intentional in the choices that I make and knowing that those decisions Mm -hmm. don't need to have as much weight in my day-to-day life. And I can still make choices that are healthy. I can still dress in in a socially acceptable way, but I do it in a way where it's routine enough or the choices are like the, the effort I have to make to make those choices doesn't steal away from all the other important things that I value more, whether that's my, my weight training or my business or my dissertation or whatever that I'm doing. So I'm saving that cognitive energy because we really only have so much to give, right? But I'm setting up my environment in a way and I like to do, I don't know how you self-talk with this, Kate, but yeah. I always ask myself, what can I do that future me will thank me for, right? Mm -hmm. And that might be meal prep. That might be grocery shopping. That might be laying out the clothes I need for the night before. And I have been working out my entire life. And I still, to this day, almost every time, have my gym bag set up and clothes laid out every single day before I go to the gym. Almost every single day. Because it's just one less decision I have to make in the morning. And I tend to be a very scattered, messy person and I'll forget things. So it's a habit that also idiot-proofs me against myself, but also is conducive to the goals that I have. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to plug, because I'm always plugging books, two other books that uh, frame, you know, the, the cognitive abilities that you have to make decisions are, you know, are finite. So uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck uh, by Mark Manson, and then um, Jenny Lawson's book, Furiously Happy. Um, both of them present it as, Jenny Lawson presents it as spoons. And of course, Mark Manson presents it as fucks. So you only have so many spoons or so many fucks to give. So you really need to be careful in how you delve out those spoons or fucks. Like you, <laughs> if you only have six spoons, then you make them count. And some days you, you'll find that, you know, maybe you didn't get a good night's sleep and maybe you start the day with less spoons than the day before. I know 2020 has been really hard on a lot of us. And so sometimes we are maybe comparing ourselves like we used to have 17 spoons and now we only have four every day. And so it's really important the way that you, you place your decision power, um, in a way that's going to set you up for the rest. And like Alyssa said, not take away from the important things that you need to do. So that's why automating is is so important. Um, But I do want to talk about Alyssa, how you've prepared for the new year, because you've had like a specific uh, kind of regimen in place for the past few years, I believe. So I would love uh, to hear your insight on how you uh, take your new year's goals into consideration and what you do for that. Yeah. So I've always been someone who like, I like New Year's in not in the way that people do where it's like very cliche and cheesy. Um, Cause I actually like my playlist that last year, like my, my motivation fitness exercise life playlist was called fuck your resolution because I don't think <laughs> resolutions like it's literally, and it's gotten me through, I think it's gotten many people through this year to be honest, but that was my mindset going into this year. But it's not that resolutions are bad, but they're usually very, very like it's, 
you're trying to empty your spoon drawer on day one. And I don't like that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to dump yeah. my silverware all over the kitchen on day one and then have to clean up the mess of myself and not have enough energy to get another spoon back out come February. That's not Amazing. the goal, right? Yeah. I'm really good at metaphors on the fly. <laughs> I, I'm so um, proud. I love it. This is great season yeah. one math content. <laughs> but something that I've always done, and I, I, I don't think people – you know, they, they don't, when they see people doing things, they don't see the effort that they're doing to do them. And I'm a very intentional person. And so I've always taken the time and I'm not like a big journaler type person, but I take the time every December. So I start my actual transition into the new year in December. I like it because there's no pressure. No one's talking about it. It's very to yourself. It's just you. Right. And then I like to do this thing where like the week before January, I just start living my life like it's January 1st because you can Mm -hmm. fuck up that whole week and there's no pressure on it. But I like using December to reflect um, on the year and what I've done. And I like to use that to one, give myself credit where credit is due to celebrate my wins, my progress. But I write out all of the goals that I have for that next year. And I make them audacious. I make them unrealistic. I make them scary. I make them bold. But I also make them practical and I break them down into smaller things. So last year I had an income goal for my business, which I set and I met that in six months. And so that means I underset that. So I know going into 2021 that I'm like, oh, hey, let's say like you have more potential than you're giving yourself credit for. Where with weightlifting, my goal was to have a body weight snatch by the end of the year. And I wrote that down. That was the goal that I had this year. And I might get that. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty close to it. But that was realistic, but I knew that I wasn't going to go into January and snatch my body weight on day one, right? So I I knew the action steps that I needed to do include going to the gym consistently, sticking to my training program, not cutting the corners on my work, like, and having metrics of progress of which I wanted to make along that line and not trying to, again, you take all your spoons in the drawer at once, right? So I like, I mean, if you were going to talk about spoons or fucks, I think about yeah. things more in a long-term thing. So I don't think of things day to day. I'm definitely mm-hmm. someone who I'm like, this is my overall number of fucks I have to give. And maybe on a Tuesday, I'm going to give 15 fucks, but I'm going to give five on a Wednesday kind of thing. When you think about the year as well, I think about distributing that effort. So I think a lot of people go into the new years and they're like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this on day one. And it takes a lot of humbling yourself and trusting yourself to pause and think, okay, well, this is the goal that I want to achieve in 300 like days from now, more or less. And that is more daunting than doing everything on day one, right? So it's probably why we don't do it because it, that, that mental energy and capacity it takes to think like that is really hard, but you have to be patient with your goal. So I, anyway, to round that back up, I like to take December to be selfish in my self-reflection and pause and like get a cup of coffee, go to, I mean, co- some, not all coffee shops are really accessible right now, but get a cup of coffee, sit with yourself and just write down on a piece of paper the goals that you're afraid to kind of say that you have. And those don't also even need to be goals that are like snatching your body weight or like your revenue goals. But even like I just sat on the couch with Kate before this and I told her my goals for the new year's on drawing boundaries with social media and how I'm going mm-hmm. to do that. And the and I've already started, but she could tell right then and there probably that I had already sat down and started that process of reflecting on what I value and what's important to me and where I'm laying those goals so that I can be happier in the new year. And so I want it to really emphasize that not all goals have to be these crazy power hungry goals, but they can be really little things like me saying, okay, like these are the boundaries I'm going to draw because this is going to be better for my mental health or my sanity or my productivity in other areas or allow me again to have more mental space to do the things that matter more to me. It all comes back to that energy um, that you have or the spoons you have or the fucks you have. And so I knew that something was stealing away from my fucks or my spoons or my energy and I'm making an action plan to redistribute that. And so 
I like to do, I made a post earlier this year where I called it um, working on my work capacity, essentially. And that's a component of fitness that we talk about in my lab. And I know Kate has my advisor on her committee as well. And I think about life as this as well. So you can do the same amount of work, right? And you could be, the fitter you are, the more efficient you're going to be, the faster you're going to get that done. Or you'll, or in a set amount of time, you'll get more work done because you're more efficient. You have a higher work capacity. And that's started to spill over in the way I think about what I do and how I live my life in my days. And if you're, if you're making less decisions and you're planning things out better, you're going to be more efficient, but that means that you're going to have, you're going to be able to make less decisions along the way, which is just going to feed back into that, into a positive cycle. So I like taking time to reflect on my own energy leaks and ways I can get better moving forward and not in a way to even maybe necessarily do more work, but to actually like protect myself more in the process as well. So I think all my goals are twofold, especially moving forward. I have fitness goals. I always have fitness goals or health goals or academic or business goals, but we also have to have goals goals for our personal, I think, well-being that we tend to like neglect and leave out when it comes to looking at those New Year's resolutions. Absolutely. Yes. So many things. Um, and, and this is, <laughs> no, 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 this is so great. Cause, um, first I want to present an opportunity to contrast, uh, and we've talked about this before, Alyssa and I are different. Everybody is different. And so we of course take different approaches to how we, you know, reflect on the year and create new goals and, and all of that. I love how you said that you, take a look at your spoons, not from a day-to-day level, but you you say, okay, like I have 60 spoons this week. How am I going to devise them? And um, while I definitely take that approach sometimes, sometimes I find that I am, when I'm laying out all of my spoons for the week, I end up giving a couple of spoons just in that process, just in the process of planning and trying to delve out what goes where I end up giving out spoons. So sometimes for me, living day-to-day helps me keep hold of all of my spoons and maybe as a perfectionist, planning isn't the best use of my time always because I can tend to overplan. Think that as somebody who struggles with anxiety and perfectionism, that sometimes if I delve out my spoons for the week, um, it's kind of like your kitchen drawer analysis. Like if you just, mm-hmm. for me, looking at it across the week, sometimes I end up throwing all my spoons on the floor and then I lose a few. And then now I'm like missing spoons, you know, that I thought that I had planned and I no longer have that energy. So sometimes I find myself functioning better on a day-to-day level. And that's part of it is my um, pursuit of being a more mindful individual too, because I, I sometimes think that if I zoom too far out, and am too future oriented, that that is when um, I end up, you know, losing spoons that I didn't know I was giving away. And, and that's just my personal, you know, of course, that's, that's something that works really well for Alyssa. But in, in my personal experience, I, I have to approach things a little bit differently. So I love the contrast there in terms of how we plan um, giving our fucks out for the week or the day. And um, another thing I wanted to mention is, December is a great time for reflection. I also think December is a great time for gratitude. And I think sometimes uh, when we go and we reflect on the year and we, you know, try to make goals for the new year, we leave gratitude out of the equation. And it's so important to think about all the things that you're grateful for. Even in 2020, um, there's, there's so much that we are still blessed with, really. And if we take a moment and celebrate those things, it, it puts into perspective what we have and what we've achieved from last year. Um, like you said, to celebrate those wins uh, that you did achieve from the, the past year or the things that you just have that you're fortunate. You didn't have to achieve it. You just have it. Like maybe you have a partner or a kid or a dog or a cat, or you healed a relationship with your family. And that wasn't a goal that you wrote on your, you know, first 
New Year's Day of 2020, but it's something that you achieved in this past year or am just are just full of, and that should be really celebrated. And I think that it's a good time to count your blessings, especially when you're trying to make new goals, because it puts you in a different frame of mind, you know, because I think sometimes when people make goals, they're focusing on lack instead of abundance. And I think that this is a really good time to make sure that we are giving grace to um, giving thanks to, to what we have. Yeah. And I love that because I think for all of us, it's important in recognizing the type of person and how we function in our work relationships, right? Because I'm more scatterbrained. So actually planning takes a lot of effort for me, just like it does Kate, but it's not emotionally draining effort. It's effort that I'm giving so that later in the week, I don't end up doing more work than necessary because I failed to plan for Mm -hmm. myself in the future. So it ties back into that, like doing something for future me to thank me. But that also ties back into gratitude too, right? Like all of my stuff that like, as much as people don't think that like I'm a very like gratitude woo-woo person, that mindset approach of like, what can I do for future me comes out of such a place of gratitude and self-love, right? Because you're like, hey, Mm -hmm. I love me so much that I'm going to do these things that maybe aren't fun in the moment, right? Like putting away our laundry, doing the grocery shopping when it needs done on like on a Sunday night, you know, meal prepping these meals or making vegetables or, you know what I mean? Like doing these things yeah. that might seem like of extra work up front, but then you're like, but future me is going to be so glad that I did this or I, I took the extra time to organize this or I took the extra time to do these things. And it ties back into that though, where we're all busy, right? Everyone's busy. I think everyone tries to be like, well, you're so busy. Well, we, we all feel that though, that rushed feeling and that we all know that that rushed feeling, we can all say, well, that's the reason I didn't make that choice. Or I just, I just, I made the easiest food choice or I just skipped the workout or I didn't drink water all day because it just, it adds extra burden onto us. But I think when we come back and we rotate to everything that we do that's us trying our best from a place of gratitude, even when we fall short, we can then break back. So I kind of like to look at it where like you, at the beginning of the year, you look at the big goals you have and how you can break them down to reach them. But I also like looking at it backwards where it's like, okay, well, even if you fell short of your goal, what are the little things that you did anyway that were great? You know what I mean? So I think we talked about this even in my 100K episode where like me finishing that race wasn't as big of a deal as I think people expected it to be for me because I just had so much value and gratefulness for the process and the relationship I had with running and trail running throughout the whole thing that when I break back my year, I didn't have some stellar race day or performance, but I can look at all the little things I did and be proud of every single one of those stepping stones that came along the way rather than putting all the weight and just reaching that end goal or just what you did as a whole that year. But you can look at that, the little things that you did, or maybe, you know, your personal life things that got better. And maybe your relationships are better, or you did, you let yourself have more fun, or you gave yourself more grace and things that are like not conventionally New Year's resolution material. I think December is a great time to go back and take that time to reflect on those things that maybe society tells you you shouldn't give yourself credit for and reflect on them before moving forward to setting out your new goals. I think like gratitude has to be a prerequisite in goal making and setting because it grounds you and reminds you that those goals are coming from a healthy place and your why is good and well-intentioned because you're also acknowledging that you value where you're at right now before heading into those and before heading in the new year. So when everyone's rushing to be a perfectionist on January 1 and do everything perfectly and take these big 180s, you're just taking a deep breath and you're getting ready for that work because you know that you're ready for it, but you're also grateful for where you're at even in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. And um, I just want to maybe summarize for us because I think there's so many good things and, and we can really boil them down to reflecting, being grateful, 
planning for the long haul and falling in love with the process, which is things that we, I feel like, talk about a lot on this podcast. And if we can't say that message enough, <laughs> I mean, clearly it's it's important is, is what I'm trying to say. So we really appreciate all of you. I'm so blessed that this podcast is, is touching so many of you, not only reaching so many of you, but um, Alyssa and I both have received messages that something we said really made an impact uh, for you. And so we're just really grateful to have this platform and to have you guys trust us uh, with some of these really sensitive topics. And, you know, we really care about you and your well-being. And Alyssa, anything to add before we sign off? I guess as Kate's the soft one and I'm the ass kicking, <laughs> no BS, straight truth telling, I'm going to give you my little last list rant and bit of advice for the year in your ears right here. Take this month to pause. Give yourself grace. Give yourself applause. Celebrate yourself. Recognize your wins and sit with the uncomfortable things that maybe you fell short on that you're not proud of too. That happens. We're human. I think we all fall short of goals. And recognize where you can be more efficient. Reroute the things that aren't important to you. Just use this as a season of reflection. And then when January comes around, get ready to do the work, not because it's January, because we're always ready to do the work, the hard work, the good work, the important work, whatever that is and whatever that looks like to you, not because society is telling you that you need to start in January 1 and not because there's pressure to do anything else, but because you love yourself and you want to do something really fucking awesome for future you. So that's my last 2020 bit of advice from Liz. (laughs) I love it. All right, you guys, signing off for season one, we want you to live well. Demand better. And And stay stay messy. messy. Bye, guys. We did it.